you unlock this benefit with the key of Patreon. Beyond is another dimension. A dimension of thought. A dimension of speculation. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both waffle and substance. Of things and ideas. You've just crossed into the podcast zone. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Julie and I doing our trek through the Twilight Zone. We've been going from episode to episode, giving our thoughts and opinions on each episode in as in as little bite-sized chunks. And we have reached the fever. And ladies and gentlemen, you know what it's like. We all get the fever every now and then. So let's we're going to dive into this and uh, see what we thought of this episode. So Julian, let's kick it off. What were uh, your I- I think this is one of my least favorite episodes. Um, it, it just seems so ham-fisted. Uh, and I respect what it's trying to do. It's, it's 1959. It's, it's you know, addressing gambling addiction. You know, that was, you know, usually came more from a sort of moralizing place. Not that this mm-hmm. isn't like a sort of Christian, you know, sort of, you know, the moment you spin the wheel, the devil has your soul sort of perspective. Whereas this seems more from an addictive perspective. Um uh, you know, and I like that, but the episode itself doesn't work. What about you? Yes, hamfist is is a good word. Like, it's a good phrase for this because it was. It's sort of like the the protagonist uh, Franklin is 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 hamfistedly grumpy and opposed to gambling from the out, uh, and then is hamfisted and sort of like angry about gambling and his, his addiction at, at the end. Um, it's not subtle in its changes. It's not subtle in, in what happens. And then there's the, the hallucination of him being pursued by a, um, a, a, a slot machine down a corridor or something. It's neither, is, is neither subtle or, or well done. Um, and so it's sort of like, yeah, it's the, the episode itself feels like it's, it's you say it's not moralizing, but it definitely feels like there's that part to oh, it. Yeah. Like, it's not being judgmental. Because it tries to give this sort of like thing of like you know this can happen to to anybody kind of thing, but it still feels like it's moralizing of sort of like you know gambling addiction can is bad sort of thing. Um, but well, I mean, I think like you know the the slot machine he hallucinates, he hallucinates hearing it, calling his name, you know, like <laughs> Franklin, Franklin. <laughs> uh, you know, that sounds a little ridiculous. And it's clear that his wife isn't seeing it, and it opens the door to his room and kind of pushes him out, out the window. Um, and he, he's dead at the end. And then I don't know if it's really there or he's hallucinating it in the parking lot. Um, I guess he can't be hallucinating it. He's dead. Um, but, you know, there is a version of this that that could be good. He he sort of I like seeing it at the end, uh, lit up, staring at, you know, sort of gleefully <laughs> at Franklin's body. And it and it sort of seems to me like, um, you know, Franklin talks about how it's inhuman. It teases you, you know, uh, and, and ascribes these attributes to it. And I there's a version of this in which, like, the slot machine is possessed or it's like demonic. There's mm-hmm. a demonic slot machine that, like, really relishes like, oh, I got one here. You know, I'm really going to kill that Franklin that I quite like. But this episode isn't really doing that. No, I, I, I think that's a, that, that would be a great episode. That's a much better episode. I mean, that's almost like the mangler with like, you know, the, the Stephen King thing. Like, it's, it's that sort of like, you know, a machine being possessed, ghost in the machine kind of thing. Um, 
but yeah, and I'd like that idea of you know someone's about to walk away and they'll drop a dollar or a quarter into the tray just to keep enticing them back. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's cool. But that's like, yeah, it, we're it's, writing it's, it right now. Yeah, but the, you know, and the way this episode set up is is about this guy Franklin, and it, one of the problems is like at no point is he sympathetic. Like you know, he, when he starts, they've they've won this holiday. I think it's a, they've won this holiday to Vegas. Yeah. His wife won a competition, so they've gone to Vegas, and she's all giddy about it and excited. And it's you know, understandably, you know, it sounds like it could be it's a great prize. And he's just sort of like really grumpy about it. Like, well, I've, I've come to the holiday. It doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy it. If anything, I should be sat in the room reading a book. And you're just like, oh god, like you know, just see the sights, go see a show, do something. And then she's like, well, I'm going to just do one. I'm going to do a dollar or a, a quarter or whatever in this machine. The nickel. The nickel. Sorry, yes, yes. <laughs> and he's mad. Yeah. Like in '59, but it's still a nickel. You just got a free trip, dude. <laughs> yeah, and it's that thing of like, obviously, this is about penny pinching and stuff. And his opinion of it is, you know, because we, you know, you're just throwing money away. You might just throw it out the window because you're not even buying anything for it. You don't get anything for it. It's just waste. And then some dude gives him a dollar uh, to put into a machine. Some drunk guy comes and he puts it in and he gets a payout. And I had a question about this. Like, you know, we've seen episodes where fate intervenes. You know, sort of like there's a character that is fate, but there's no there's no supernatural intervention here is there that, that, that isn't like a magic dollar that what person it's all it's all just a, a coincidence that he then wins and so he's like well you know the well they say the, the call now the browns or whatever it's like you know we we don't fall for that nonsense this money's coming back to the room with us you know like we're not going to put it back into the machine and it's it's just this curmudgeon sort of like attitude so i'm like well i, I don't like you now so when when you get your inevitable fall, and it's, it is inevitable from what's going on, like I'm not going to have sympathy for you then either, right? Mm -hmm. It's and so it's sort of it's a weird character setup where I'm like, well, I, I don't like this person at any point. So should I not feel something for this person? Should you give me a backstory as to why? At least, you know, give me something as to why I sh he is this way or why he's so reluctant to gamble. Is there something like, you know, it's 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 in his family. Like his dad's, you know, his father was a gambler and it ruined his family or something. Like, I don't know why I should care that the, other than gambling is bad. But that's it. Yeah. yeah, that's the point is gambling is bad. But um, I see I'm not bothered by I mean, he is certainly unlikable. I'm not bothered by how unlikable he is. I like unlikable characters and I, and I, you know, I sometimes feel exactly as you do, but other times I feel like, you know, why do we always have to have an identifiable character, mm. you know? But um, my point would be that the, that the moral argument that, you know, see, look how bad gambling is. It pulled in this guy who doesn't want to gamble. And, you know, once he did, he just caught the fever and, you know, he was sucked in um, that argument would be much stronger if you'd be like, and, you know, he was it, it's not like this fever only strikes curmudgeon horrible people. It can kill 
you know, perfectly fine mm. people who, who don't want to gamble. So I think the moral argument, the, the theme of the episode would be better if you could identify with him. Yeah, I agree. There are certain episodes where you can have those sort of characters, the dislikable characters. And I think, you know, we've had a few of those in the past where you're like, yeah, no, it's fine. It works. But in this case, like you're supposed to feel that the, the fall of this person is, um, you know, it's supposed to be a sympathetic journey. And it's it's not because I'm sort of like, yeah, screw you. You know, <laughs> I don't really care. I feel for his <laughs> wife. But then by the end of it, I'm like, well, actually, if he's got life insurance, then actually, like, you know, she's she's good. Like, <laughs> she can enjoy the rest of her Vegas ca- uh, vacation. So <clears throat> it, it, I don't know. It, it felt like a again, the message is fine. I get it. And here's, uh, you know, I like I like the fact that they make him make excuses. You know, where he's like, well, this money, it's, it's tainted. We can't, re- I'm gonna, and I know I'm not going to win anymore. So I'm just going to go and put it back into a machine. You know, I'm going to, mm-hmm. and I'm, but I'm thinking the same going like, you know, I, I get why he's having that excuse, but his wife could come back and go, no, no, let's go spend it, go buy it, let's go buy a meat. Mm-hmm. If it's tainted, we'll, we'll do something good with it then. Um, right. But I like the fact he has the excuse of saying, like, no, it's, you know, I can't have this in there. I've got to go get rid of it. Um, and also, it's not his money because technically he hasn't spent a dollar yet. Like he was given the dollar, so it's not a waste. So I like the fact that, that setup works um, to get him back to the machine. Um, and that's obviously where the fever really kicks in. And they're sort of cashing checks and all this other stuff. So, and uh, for those that listen, if you've, if you've never checked, it's a piece of paper that you'd write money on and then people <laughs> an amount on and people give you money on that on credit it just comes from your bank account and when you say money you mean uh paper and coins mm. uh they didn't have plastic yeah. cards and uh computers with uh balances back then yeah so yeah if anything that was one of the biggest interesting things for me of this is watching a casino in 50 granted it's not a big set it's not going to be an elaborate set and i'm pretty sure vegas was already quite elaborate by this point but i like the fact that basically the slot machines they first they just take money so there's no um uh, chips or anything involved in any of this it's like you said no credit cards it's pure coinage and they're all just sat on a table like they're arranged yeah. but they're, they're still like a half size thing on a table uh, you know, plinth. and obviously nowadays they're like full standing machines, and they've got the whole thing. So it's, it was interesting to see like a um, old fashioned you know, slot, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a time capsule of that era as well, which I thought was quite cool. Um, but yeah, so that bit was all right, but the rest of it felt a bit, a bit, fell a bit flat to be honest. Yeah, and you know, again, I'm, I'm sympathetic toward you know gambling addiction and, and addiction yeah. in general. Yeah. I think that you know. There's a version of that that's not as overdone as this um, or that comparatively uses that as a metaphor and goes into the possessed slot machine thing. Again, I find myself then this is a theme of, you know, certainly the last few episodes where I find myself thinking that the um, ancillary characters or secondary characters are more interesting. Yes. Um, you know, we don't know, like, why did Flora marry this horrible curmudgeon guy? Um, I And when she is trying to get him away from the slot machine, she's smiling as he turns to her. And I find myself so sympathizing with her, trying to put on a brave face and not mm. antagonize him. And with that smile, make him seem, make it seem as if, you know, come on, Franklin, it's okay to come back to the room. That sort of like appeal to the addict, 
Yes. Um, I, I identify with her a lot in that moment. Same thing, the, uh, well, not the same thing. I don't identify with the casino workers, um, you know, but you get these like two lines of dialogue uh, other than the two of them where the casino workers are looking on as he's been playing the slot machine for like five hours straight. And, you know, they say like, boy, when it, when it uh, gives, gets one of them the fever, like it really sucks them in and, mm. and they're just completely amoral about it. Um, you know, which obviously is, you know, I, I guess it's certainly condemning Las Vegas and the gambling industry, but I found myself thinking like, that I want to see more of that. Don't just yeah. give me the, that little snippet. I want to see a scene with them. Yeah, that's interesting because again, it's that thing of like this is our everyday. Like we've seen this day in day out, and we, it's our job, and we've sort of normalized that behavior to, to see this. So it's 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 nothing, but it's ruining this guy. Like you know, he's literally. I think you know, like he's giving this, the money he's cashing in to get the change. Um, is like their savings and all this other stuff. So. Um, it is. It is interesting to sort of see that, uh, like I said, there's no sort of like you know. Well, we should, he needs to be cut off. Like he, they're not intervening. They're just like, no, no, we're happy with that. We'll we'll empty it later on, and we'll be, you know, uh, happy with that. So yeah, that bit's interesting. Ironically, yeah. these days, you know, that all the casinos that I've ever been to uh, have somebody on staff who intervenes. Mm-hmm. If somebody is showing clear signs of addiction and kind of going crazy like this. And in fact, you can tell staff members, you know, like, you know, and, and they have now, of course, it's all PR. Right. You know, but I mean, you know, there's all signs of like got a problem with gambling addiction. Here's yeah. a toll free number. Um, and, you know, they don't want to be sued by this. You know, I'm sure that was none of that was the case in 1959. But it's hard for me to, um, you know, my, you know, encounters with gambling have not been uh, cutthroat. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the casino closest to me, we have gambling everywhere in America now. In fact, you know, like the lottery and all of this, you know, there's a moral question of whether states are taking advantage of poor people, you know. Yes. Um, so, but I mean, my experience with gambling, you know, is not this sort of like, there's certainly a real thing of gambling addiction, but the one of the closest casinos to me is owned by the employees and they get stock in the casino for working there as a, as a bonus. So, you know, it's like, yeah, maybe gambling has this problem, but it's not, you know, demonic slot machines. No, no, that's a, that's a story we're going to tell at some point though. Um, yeah, uh, final thoughts though for me is like you say, I agree with everything. It's it's it feels like moralizing from a different period. Um, it's ham fisted. Um, I don't sort of sympathize with the with the main protagonist, and I feel that the ending is a little silly. Um, and so again, this is another episode where I'm like, yeah, yeah, it it generally falls flat for me. But there's something there that could have been there, which is a bit of a shame. So, uh, but yeah, any final thoughts, Julian, before we move on? No, I mean, there's a version of this that would be good, but I mean, yeah. I found myself really this episode drug dragged. Yeah, me. it does. Yeah. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. As always, we really appreciate it. Uh, and we'll hopefully hear you listen to us on the next episode. <laughs>